Hello, everybody, and welcome to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. My name is Brad Shattuck, and I am your host. This podcast is about my personal experiences, stories, and events with dealing with borderline personality disorder, otherwise known as BPD. My experiences with BPD is due to my wife, now ex-wife, who I have been with for 34 years, was diagnosed with BPD in 2012. And I want to share my experiences with you so that if you are someone who has somebody in your life with BPD, that you may relate to what I'm saying along with my personal tips and suggestions that may or may not work in your specific situation. And if you are someone who has been diagnosed or think you may have BPD, that you may recognize the signs and understand the havoc and turmoil that it can have around people that are involved in your life. Let me caution you that I am in no way qualified or certified in the field of mental health and that my personal suggestions are merely my personal opinion and do not recommend that anybody take any mental health therapy into their own hands, but to personally seek out the help from a professional in the field of mental health. And furthermore, if you are a couple, you might even consider counseling to help further your relationship a little bit better. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy the show. Sorry, I haven't recorded an episode in quite a while. I've been on hiatus, having some extremely relationship problems with my wife. This episode is called Living in the Past. And it's exactly what it is. I had done an episode before called Sounds Like a Broken Record, but this one just um, is a little more detailed. And I mean, very detailed on the past. Very, very stuck like a vehicle on ice and um, just can't get past it so anyways stay tuned and I hope you enjoy the episode hello everybody so anyways when I talked about um, a broken record in one of my previous episodes. I was kind of generalized on bringing up things from the past, but I'd say lately in the past few months, she um, first of all she has a a huge thing for my mother. Um, my mom didn't really treat her that well, but for some reason she literally hates my mother. If my mother dropped dead, she would literally be in her glory, and she's always. Um, teasing me about being a mama's boy. My mother was very controlling and um, very protective when I was younger. Um, extremely. Uh, I wasn't allowed to go to friends' houses. Um, even up to like the age of 16, 17, I wasn't allowed to go anywhere. But anyways, she constantly teases me about that. Just anything she can to make my mother seem like a bad person. And, and she'll bring up things in the past, and I just bring it up and go into detail. Um, saying, you know, we had to move all the time. And the thing is, I, if I bring up anything bad she does, she completely, it doesn't even absorb whatsoever. You know, and, and I tell her I apologize. When, when we got back together two years ago, I wrote her an 82-page apology letter. And so that anything I'm writing down in here, I'm only going to write it down if I am truly and honestly sorry for it and put some explanations on some of them. Um you know, reasons or excuses, and found out she actually never read it, 
Like, she'll bring stuff up all the time. But what's funny is, like, when we argue, she'll bring up all these bad things. I say, how come you never bring up the good things? You know, 34 years being together, you don't bring up any of the good things that happened, any good things I did. And it really sucks because, you know, I've been with her that long and dealt with her disorder. And, you know, I'm definitely not an angel or anything, but I've done a lot of good things. But she really gets stuck on it. And I've read some articles online about people that get stuck in the past. And they do for many reasons. One of them is, is they feel that you don't, um, you know, recognize um, their hurt. You know, they either were very hurt, couldn't get over it, that you don't validate their feelings. You know, they either felt belittled, betrayed, uh, very hurt for it. And they do say that sometimes if you, you know, get on that subject and maybe explain and, you know, validate their feelings and explain a little bit that, that, that'll help them get over it. But the problem with her is she goes so freaking fast, she'll have 20 things she brings out. And I'm like, would you shut up, take a breath? You got lungs the size of China. You know, you just brought up 20 things. Give me an opportunity to, you know, defend at least the first one. And she'll either try to confuse me or anything. Is I honestly don't think she wants any explanation or hear anything about it. She just wants to blast it in my face and let her know what really eats away at her. And the thing is, like, when we get back together, I always thought it was the things that I did that made her leave and... And the majority of it was things I didn't do. You know, a lot of people, when they tell somebody they love them, you know, not not when you leave and go somewhere, but you know, just walk by and say, I love you. Believe it or not, nine out of ten times, the reason people say it is because they want to hear it back. They want to know that person loves them. Not really letting that person know, I love you. And the way it really should be done is not wanting to hear it back. And sometimes even telling them, I don't even want a response. I just want to let you know. You know, rather than just saying, I love you. Automatic response is, I love you too. Or, I love you. The best way to do it is just go up and say, you know, you look a little upset. And I just want to let you know, I really do love you. And I'm always here for you. You know, throw that in there. Maybe a little bit more after that. So that takes away from that automatic response of, I love you too. Because if you just go up and say, you know, you look really upset today. I just want to let you know I love you. They're going to automatically wait after that pause and say, I love you too. And believe it or not, a lot of times when that when somebody says, I love you, and when you hear it back, when the other person says it, it's an automatic response. You're saying it because for some reason you want that comfort of knowing that person loves you. You want to hear it. Well, at that time, you're catching that person off guard. And when they say it, it's just going to be said. It's just words. Is that really what you want to hear? Or do you want to hear it wholeheartedly? And it's nice when somebody just comes up and just acknowledges you. Like, I used to walk past her, she'd be doing dishes, and i just put my hand on her neck and kiss the back of her head and say, I love you, sweetie, and walk away. Or sometimes I just walk by and rub her shoulder. And one time, you know, because of one of her disorders, she thinks everything is a signal or a sign. And she's like, why did you just come by and, like, touch my shoulder or my neck? What's that supposed to mean? I said, just to acknowledge that you're there, that... You know, you're not just a piece of furniture that I walk past you and, you know, don't recognize you and, you know, you're just there. I just want to let you know that 
I appreciate you being here. I, I love you. And I'm glad we're together. You know, go a little bit more in detail rather than just, eh, just acknowledging you. You explain why you're doing it. It's just a gesture of acknowledgement. You know, there's a song from, um, um, oh God, what is her name? Um, Electric Light Orchestra, ELO. And, um, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, Supertramp, Supertramp. And it was a long way home, and one of the parts is, you know, when your wife thinks you're a part of the furniture. You know, and that's what it is. You just, you know, they'll get up, walk past you, go to the kitchen, walk past you, go to the bathroom, and don't even acknowledge you. You're just a, a standstill. And that sucks when we become so complacent in a relationship that it is there. We're just people passing by each other, just, you know, financial resources to each other. You know, that, that love kind of spreads apart. And back to what I said, the things I didn't do is when we were apart, I read all the letters she wrote to me, and they all seemed to say the same thing. You know, I, I don't feel... You know, loved. I don't feel cherished. I don't feel special. Because I didn't tell her I loved her at those right times. Or just go over and just give her a little bit of love. Or, you know, knowing her for so many years. Knowing she might be upset or her mind's racing. Just go over and say something wrong. Is there anything I can do for you? Do you want to talk? You know, I just want to let you know I love you. It was the things I didn't do. And you got to remember that. Since I was in a relationship that... It's not always the things you do, it's the things you don't do. And the majority of the things she brought up was those empty things that I didn't do. Or things I didn't say. Or say it in, you know, especially if you know the person for a long time, you know if there's meaning behind it. You know when somebody leaves, they just automatically say, I love you. It's just a, a gesture of, you never see that person again. You know, walk up and really say it. I love you. And give them a kiss. Put some meaning into it. You know, love is just a four-letter word unless you can actually acknowledge those four letters and put it into a, a true feeling. And it really hurt me because when I read those letters all the time, I say, hey, somebody I love so much. How could they not really know that I love them? And I remember one time I said to her, is there anything I can do more to let you know I love you? And she said, I shouldn't have to tell you and you shouldn't have to ask. You should already know. And I didn't know. And when we split up, she wouldn't give me an answer why. So I had to go searching for her through letters. And when we got back together again, it was all the things that I didn't do. She always thought that I sided with my mother more. I loved my mother more. And she's that type. She wants all the attention, 100% of it. Jealous even if I have a relationship with my children. And I should have let her know, you know, that's my mother. There's nothing I can do. You know, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. I'm always going to love her, but you're the one who means everything to me in the world. You're the one that I spend time with all day, go to bed with, and wake up with. And I wouldn't want my life any other way. You know, I was only with my mother for 18 years. I've been with you for 34 years. And believe it or not, when we got back together and knowing all those things, I actually fell in love more with my wife than I ever, ever did. And it kills me now because I don't want to live without her. And this time she's really pushed me out. I think it's the end. She's getting evicted from her house that her mother died at three years ago. And the family wants to finally sell the house. And she's literally got nowhere to go until she gets her cut of it. And that's if they don't charge her for rent for the past three years she's been there. 
I took a few years to live with me because I wasn't good at finances and we got thrown out of a lot of places and I wasn't dependable. You know, every day we wake up and wonder if we're going to get thrown out. It wasn't a, a solid, you know, somebody they could really count on. Even though I was a hard worker and went to work, I was just very bad with finances. You know, if I had the rent money and there was something that I saw that I wanted needed or for my kids, I'd blow the rent money on it. You know, worry about today, today, and tomorrow, tomorrow. And so many times we got thrown out of places, probably almost every place we ever lived. But I tried telling her all those things where, you know, I didn't make you feel secure. I would make that a priority. You know, when you didn't feel loved, I'd make sure I put more effort into letting you know I really do love you. And she started getting a complex with looking in the mirror and hating herself. And it took me two years to finally get her to start loving herself because not one day goes by that I don't tell her she's the most beautiful woman in the world. And she's sexy. I'm attracted to her. And she satisfies every single one of my needs. And that did help build up her confidence. And, like, a lot of times when she'll get undressed in, me, in front of me, she doesn't like her belly because she had four kids. But she did lose a lot of weight. And, you know, I tell her that's, that's not a bad thing that you have. That's, that's a trophy. You brought four lives into this world. And that's what happens when you bring life into this world. So now it's more of, trophy and I actually saw her type to somebody once and she said I've been told before I am beautiful I don't look my age and she doesn't she does not look 49 years old she looks like she's 31 and you know I'm not embarrassed of my body my body is the way it is because I brought four children into the world so she actually repeated what I said she, she does believe it you know and I tell her all the time I I love you more than I ever ever did and I actually think she's more beautiful than she ever was, more sexy than she ever was. And I love her more than I ever did. She admitted to me she loves me, she always will, but she's not in love with me. And it sucks because I'm in love with her. I would die for her. And I actually admitted to my daughter tonight that I took high doses of a drug four different times. And laid next to her when we had an unbelievable day and night. Because I wanted the last interaction we had to be like I felt I was in heaven. So that way, instead of splitting up in her thinking all the bad things and hating me, I'd be gone knowing we had a great night. And then I would, because I, you know, with her, or a lot of people with BPD, the last interaction they have with you is with six in their mind. So she throws me out because... You know, bad things, that's what she'll tell everybody. And she will cut me down to everybody. She'll cut me down. And that's the last interaction. And I've had before where we had a great night. And I had to leave and she didn't like it and told me to stay gone. But because we didn't fight, it was a great night and a great day. After a couple of days, she had no problem with letting me back in. But that's how they are. The last interaction they have with you, that's the forever conflicts of who and what you are and it sucks because 99% of the time it's always uh, a bad thing when she throws me out but my advice to anybody is if they keep bringing up the past validate their feelings you know say I understand never say you understand because if you have not been in this situation you can't understand like when our house burnt down people would come up and say my God, I can imagine how you feel. No, you don't, dude. When you see everything in your entire life going up in smoke, you don't know unless you've been there. But what you can do is validate their feelings. 
I can see that it, you're very upset. I can hear it in your voice. I can see it. And I'm really sorry for that. I'm sorry that I caused you pain in that. I really am. And I'll do everything I can to never repeat that. Because I can see how bad it hurts you. If you really put a whole heart into it, there's a very good chance they'll get over that. And our fights are usually about the same amount of time. When she gets all those things out, that's when the fight ends. And I love her that much. I've done so much research on how to try to get over that. So again, my advice is validate their feelings. And even look up online. There's some videos. And type in, you know, when a spouse or a lover brings up the past. It'll tell you the steps in there. Validate their feelings. Never say you understand. Just say, I can see that it really hurts you. No, I, I, I personally don't understand because you never did that to me, if you want to add that in, but validate their feelings. Tell them I can see how bad it hurts you. And I'm really extremely sorry for that from the bottom of my heart and soul. And I'll do everything I can to never repeat that because I don't want to see this pain that you're in. And I apologize because I love you. If you can do that, there is a huge chance they'll get over that. And if there's 50 things they bring up during a fight, those 50 things you're going to have to explain if you love that person enough. I personally do. I love that woman with all my heart and soul. I really do. I love her so much. I don't think I'll ever get her back. I have to face that. But anyways, I wish anybody good luck. Thank you again for listening. I welcome any of your emails with any questions, suggestions, or comments. And just remember, people with BPD find it so hard to love themselves. So try to love them as much as you can, because they really find it hard to love themselves, which makes it hard to love you. They didn't ask for this disorder. They didn't sign up for it. It's uncomfortable and confusing for them, and they don't know how to control it. They don't want it. Some of them would rather die than have to deal with the emotions every day. And they can't deal with their emotions, and that's why they go into black and white splitting in their personality. It's a distraction, because they don't know how to deal with their feelings. It's very uncomfortable to them. It's foreign. So rather than dealing with it, they avoid it by doing anything they can. And that's usually a trigger when somehow something comes up with something they can't face the facts. And like with my wife, when we have an argument, she never apologizes for anything she's done. But I love her enough where I keep it one-sided. If I can deal with not getting an apology and knowing that she'll love me more by dealing with the things that I've done to her, I'm willing to do that, and I have been. But anyways, good luck. Thank you again for listening. And have a great day. Have a great night. Have a great life with your person with BPD. You've been listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. I hope you enjoyed the show, and please check out my many other episodes. I hope you get some beneficial suggestions from my experiences. And remember, we're all responsible for our own choices. I'd like to remind you that if you have someone in your life with BPD, try to understand them and love them as much as you can, because they find it so hard to be able to understand themselves and love themselves. So thank you again, and have a happy life.